0: Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Duck Legs Podcast. My name is Jared Aguilar. I'm a physical therapy student going to school in Austin, Texas. Yeah, I'm one of the co-hosts, one of the many co-hosts of this podcast. And here at the Duck Legs, as you may know already, we try to go underneath the surface of a lot of people that we think are quite badass to figure out what drives them, what gets their duck legs paddling hard. Why does that sound kind of sexy? I don't know. But hey, this week, we got Dr. Aaron Perez out of Illinois. He's a badass physical therapist, recent, fairly new physical therapist. I believe he's like a year and change out on the field, just getting it, getting after it, grinding, hustling hard. He is the embodiment of PT 2.0. Shout out to Jeff Moore and Gene and and so many others out there really pushing for what PT 2.0 is if you have questions about that, please go stop this podcast now and go listen to Jeff Moore and all of those people behind that movement. But yeah, this that's very inside physical therapy baseball right now. So if you're a physio nerd, that's the path you want to go down. If you're a hip hop nerd, we got something for you too, because Dr. Aaron Perez initially wanted to be a rap star. So we're going to learn more about that. We're going to talk about his favorite MC, Homeboy Sandman. Uh, and his favorite album from Homeboy, The Good Son, along with the opportunity to hear Aaron Perez uh, drop an impromptu freestyle, um, which all freestyles should be impromptu, but nonetheless, he rapped on the show, so you get that treat. Also we talk about getting comfortable as a new grad physical therapist. Um, him being featured on a daily V on the ask Gary V show, I'm sorry, uh, self-awareness, authenticity, more on residency. Should you do a physical therapy residency or not? And the mentorship he got, just a bunch of gems from the guy about mentorship and residency, as was just stated. And, and then back to hip hop. Well, so we covered a large span of physical therapy and hip hop on this episode and if you're if you're a nerd if you're a physio and a hip-hop nerd this episode's for you uh also shout out to pigeons pigeons the bird gets gets a lot of love in this episode hashtag you're the pigeons so um yeah without further ado i'm gonna shut up and let aaron perez serenade you with this freestyles peace
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dutlex podcast. We are here today with Dr. Aaron Perez. You prefer to call Aaron, but I'm going to call him Dr. Perez throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah. annoy him. welcome, man. Thank you for uh, coming on. Thank you, guys, for having me.
2: Yeah,
1: my problem. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, I'm on this call with my two buddies here.
0: Uh, Jared, do you have any questions? I got so many questions for Aaron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, just, I... I'm honored that he can join us today yeah and i just want to
2: talk to him only about homeboy sandman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm happy to talk about any kind of homeboy sandman stuff you want <laughs> <laughs> favorite homeboy sandman album the good son hands down okay. <laughs> um i haven't really i got into homeboy sandman a lot a few years ago it was like my sophomore year of college I don't know what year, like maybe 2011 or something. And I know recently he's been coming out with a lot more albums. I haven't listened to all of them a ton, but the good son is one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. Yeah. He's,
0: he's just ridiculously lyrical and. Oh, absolutely. And it's not even like when you think, Oh, it's a, he's a conscious rapper and he's, you're just going to be bored. He's going to be talking about all the, the ills of society. No, it's, it's, just super strong and
2: you're not, you never get bored at all. At least I don't listen to homeboy. No, nah, I love homeboy sayman his, his style was just so, so different. And he was, um, didn't, he's kind of weird to be honest, but yeah. I think he was cool with being different and being weird. And that, that drew me to him a little bit. And then, um, if you search in YouTube, homeboy Sam freestyle, one of the videos, I think it's called live at J records or something like that. It's a 10 minute video of him just going off. Like, yeah, amazing <laughs> and uh um I, I love watching people freestyle and um when people are really just going off the top and you can tell um <laughs> i still just spend hours watching people freestyle on youtube because i have yeah. I think uh, a horrible problem with procrastination and that's what i like to do so yeah tyler's tyler's just over here shaking his
0: head because he's he's such a great freestyle rapper <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah. battle with anybody <laughs>
2: <laughs> with anybody.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> Battle rapping is definitely one of those dynamics that I am like, what's going on here? But I have to keep listening to it. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. This guy is like in this man's face and he's not doing anything and they're just going back and forth. Yeah. Just going yeah. at it, yeah. have, have you, you ever, ever
2: participated in the art of freestyling, Aaron? I have Ooh. many, many times in college. Now, I'm not saying that I'm good at all, However, um, I've definitely participated. I've even been in rap battles, even formal rap battles, <laughs> Entry, like pay-to-entry rap battles. And I've- Ooh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure.
1: Yes. Yeah. No uh, pressure, but you uh, were your yeah, first guest to, to uh, rap on the show. So do uh, would, uh, you mind doing that? <laughs>
0: oh, no. We don't We don't have a beat prepared for the guy. Just straight acapella. Just.
2: <laughs> acapella, just, yeah, yeah. We need you, you,
0: we need you to go 10 minutes, homeboy. Style.
2: <laughs> oh, God. I don't think I can do that. Um, the, topic, but, uh, the topic is health care. healthcare.
0: <laughs> care.
3: Yeah. Uh, let me you think. You got to give him a beat. You got to give him some. I don't. Do you, do, do you you gotta, you do the? Can you do the straight? <laughs> get, like modest Yahoo, you know how he's like the beat bar. There's, uh, <laughs> There we go. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the weakest He's got beat four ever. bars of the yeah. weakest beat.
2: <laughs> All right, how about this? We'll just go acapella. Um, how about it's your... are <laughs> we're, ch- we're chilling here on the podcast with the duck legs on the ground, trying to find our own path to success. Along the way, better believe, gonna be much stress. But got to embrace the suck, man. Shout out to Jeff oh. Moore, and the other mentor, Gene Chirac Abroad. Ever since I was a and I could rock a crowd. Man, oh. I'm just trying to make my mama proud. And oh. when I'm done, man, y'all better holler loud. Because I'm just having fun. I feel like I'm 21, but I'm really 25. And I just do it live, man. I don't shuck a job. Just kick it off the top. And I don't stop to the clock. gum tick tocking oh. I'm going to keep spitting hot. And whatever comes to my mind, freestyle all the time, at the drop of a dime, at the drop of a hat. Man, I do it like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn. All right, if you guys, if you guys get another PT to come on here and freestyle, Damn. I'm gonna
0: Hot nine seven. You just heard Aaron Perez go in and kill that shit. Kill. Yeah. Uh, you know, drop the coos
1: bomb. Oh. bombs everywhere. Tim <laughs> <laughs> Westwood style. Just West wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. <laughs> hot nine seven. You listen to Duck Legs Radio. That Aaron Perez and his hot freestyle. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. That's
3: at that's no. least a milli, right? That there. was yeah, awesome. At least a milli views from that. There. was awesome.
2: That was, uh, that was
0: great. No, you yeah.
3: great. Dude, I'm
2: pretty sure I just rhymed with Chirac Abroad, which in itself is like a feat. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, as soon
3: as I heard his name come up, I was like, what's he got here? <laughs> where where <laughs> are we going from here? <laughs> Team Chirac Abroad.
1: It's always like orange. Like, you can't get anything wrong with it. But, you know, M M&M and M somehow did it. He
0: just made up words. Yeah, that's what you got to do
2: sometimes. Just, yeah, yeah. Just Aaron changed just, the
0: syllables to him rhyme. Aaron just made Sharaka Broad sound like the most hip hop word ever. <laughs> now it looks like a fancy shoe. <laughs> now everybody's gonna be buying. It. Hey, you got the Sharaka man. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, you got them 09 Sharaka Broads?
3: <laughs> People are gonna be like looking up, like who is who is Sharaka Who yeah. is that? Is that yeah. Yeah. they need to look them up. They need
2: to find out about Uptalk Media, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah we literally just made him buy another ten million dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But man, that was that wasn't good freestyling for like oh he's a physical therapist and he freestyles. No, that was good on, on any level. Yeah I'd I I'd put Aaron Perez up there. I'd I'd watch him battle. That was like uh, Damian Lillard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys are being way too kind, but I appreciate it. And when you guys gonna go? You put me on the spot. <laughs> not now. No, no. Not now. No, you you know I'm a uh
1: it's too early in the morning. I know I'm gonna get started with my rap until twelve.
2: Ah, yeah, yeah. Make excuses. It's
0: all good, man. <laughs> certainly, certainly not gonna follow that. <laughs> I have to really start working
2: on my freestyle. I think, I think all of us are definitely gonna have to put in <laughs> some reps now. Oh, well, hey, when we're, when we're at CSM, we'll get together and um, when it's when it's not recording, I think everyone would be more free to make, <laughs> <and answer> themselves. <laughs> yeah, we'll make yeah. The,
0: we'll make the uh, the freestyle freestyle physio mixtape.
2: Freestyle Physio Mixtape, yes. Dude, Jerry, we just got to find all PTs out there that are in a freestyle and, and um, get them together.
3: Jerry Durham. <laughs> get Jerry Durham? Yeah, yeah, Jerry Durham. I love BC boys. He loves BC boys. Oh, I know he loves BC boys.
0: Tell me Greg Tyle wouldn't be down for that.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like Greg would for sure be down for that.
1: <laughs> this would be like the cheesiest thing ever, and we could flip it around and just, just kill it, man. Kill it. <laughs> One long hip hop track with all these guys. <laughs> Almost <laughs> <laughs> um, like we are the world with like PT version. And just oh right, my god! Yeah, just keep passing the mic over and over again. <laughs> yeah. and, so you, and these are the therapists that we know. Just imagine all of the ones that when I show up to CSM that aren't as uh, well known. Man, they're just gonna crush it.
2: Yeah, you're gonna crush it, man. You guys gotta ooh, squeak. You guys just gotta set up uh, a booth at CSM for like the yeah. podcast, but just have like beats playing the whole time.
0: Yeah. Like,
2: people like spin rhymes. Oh my goodness. That'll be that'll be your CSM podcast. Just like PT's trying to rap. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm down. That's a genius idea. So. Hey,
1: you know, it it may not be too late to get in uh, for a booth. It may not be too late. We can like, we, we <laughs> might. We will to try.
0: I like kind like the double meaning of booth at CSM.
2: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> double entendre, baby. <laughs> Come in the booth. Oh my God. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right, right. But yeah, Aaron. So thank you again for being on. Um, if, you know, listeners now might have forgotten that you're actually a physical therapist and not a rapper. Uh,
2: how long have you been practicing? uh rap or pt no um (laughs) i've been uh i've been a physical therapist for about a year and a half now yeah and you loving it yeah man i love it i feel super lucky that um you know i found a career that i really enjoy and i wake up excited for um and I spend tons of time in my free time just trying to learn more and get better. Like um, at such a young age, I found something that I'm really into because I know that it's not um, the norm. Um, so, yeah, man. All, and you guys, too. I mean, just the fact that you guys are doing a podcast and still in school and are this engaged in the profession so early in your career is pretty remarkable. So shout out to you guys. Gracias.
3: Thank yes. you, sir. It's trying to be like you over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so nice. i'm gonna follow that up real quick with that small so aaron for all the, the students out there about how long would you say you were out there before you really felt pretty comfortable in your own skin and you know everything started feeling like clockwork
2: uh i would say i'm still waiting for that point <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i've been out a year and a half and i'm still waiting for that day no, i mean uh, there's good days and bad days i mean some days i feel like um like, man, it's just like, people are getting better. Like, I got, I think I got this figured out. Like, it's going well. And then you'll have days where it just seems like everybody's doing worse. <laughs> yeah. um, and you're just getting your butt kicked in the clinic. But um, it's a roller coaster, man. You got you to gotta take the good with the bad. And um, But overall, I, I definitely feel like um, I'm still at the point where I'm learning a lot and have a ton to continue to learn. Um, so... Even on clinicals, it was the same, you know, like I, you guys haven't been out on clinicals, right? You guys are about to go on your first one, you said. Right. Mm-hmm. So even on clinicals, I mean, I, even in my first one, it was an outpatient um, physical therapy clinic. And our clinicals are really short for the first three. So I only spent four weeks there. Um, but my CI was just really very positive, And there were times where I was like, man, I think like this PT stuff ain't too bad. It was only my first clinical. So that's so naive to think that. But I was like, I got this. And then, um, you know, then the next day you would be like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just lots of ups and downs, but I think that's expected. Um, And so those are still continuing, but um, slowly learning as we go. And also another something else that's on your
0: resume is that you've been on a podcast with Gary Vee. And is that correct?
2: um i wasn't on the podcast per se i asked him a question for his ask daily v podcast that he does and he was kind enough to answer it yeah um so i was kind of on it <laughs> yeah L- let's just think with well, you were on a podcast with gary v and <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing was that episode he had um et the hip-hop he's yeah. called the hip-hop preacher or something yeah. like that that's yeah episode. yeah and so that's like the two like Two of my favorite people like out there on social media and stuff and the fact that my answer question got answered for that episode was just was pretty cool but um perfect man but yeah people yeah, anyway so i guess i was on the, uh, the podcast with them yeah
0: and i wanted to touch on that because you know you go you talk about learning the ropes of, of pt and every day being different and just working with your passion because your question on that podcast that you were on with Gary V was about self-awareness correct mm-hmm. yeah and I mean, I think that's the first time because I was listening to that episode. And then all of a sudden, you know, I see your profile pic and your name. And I'm like, oh, shit, I, I know that name. And I think I follow that dude on Twitter. He's like a PT guy. And uh, I reached out to you like right after that. I was like, hey, I know you. You are on this thing that I like. And you said some things that resonated. Um, and so how did, how did you feel about Gary Vee's response to your question about self-awareness? And if you can remember what that question was that you asked him.
2: Yeah, the question was, um, could you Gary Vee, for anyone you know who doesn't follow him, he, he's all about self-awareness, and he thinks that's like the number one strength that he has that allows him to um, be successful compared to other people who aren't comfortable or who know themselves really well. Um, and uh, being that we're in the Mentorship Mastermind group, and um, Jeff and Jean talk about self-awareness all the time, too. Part of the question that I had with regards to that is uh, when it comes to self-awareness, is it more about self-creation, so knowing who you want to be and um, kind of creating yourself to match that, or self-discovery where you kind of go through life always searching for who you really are and then like you eventually come to that realization. Um, And I believe Gary's response was, um, first, he's like, damn, that's a deep question. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, which is pretty funny. And then they kind of, I think, went on a little bit of a tangent. And then he eventually said, um, I think it's both. Um, you need to know who you are and your strengths and weaknesses, but also who you want to be. And then how that ties into your goals, which is kind of where my, um, what my beliefs were, too. And, uh, you know, my reason for asking it was I feel like when people talk about self-awareness, they talk about this, like, Um, not necessarily passive process, but definitely not like a creative process where you're really trying to change yourself, but rather you're going through life and trying to have different experiences until you finally come to a realization of you are this person that you were born to be. And I don't really believe that because there are plenty of things about that I know about myself that I don't particularly like and that I want to change and I want to create, um, A person of who I want to be, right? So I have aspirations of being an educator within PT and um, getting out uh, out of of my comfort zone and speaking to crowds and and teaching on a more uh, large scale kind of level. Um, However, I'm totally uncomfortable doing that uh, and public speaking and things of that nature. And I'm generally a more shy person. So knowing that about myself, I can say that my goals aren't in line with who I know I am as a person or I could say I want to create myself to meet my goals which I don't know it's a, it's a little bit about knowing yourself but also creating a person that you want to be in my opinion I don't know if that's the right answer or not but you know we're just trying to figure this thing out as we go so what do you guys
0: think <laughs> I think you shouldn't be afraid of anything because you just came on here dry and did a 10-minute acapella freestyle yeah sure so I don't see how
2: seconds it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, man, I mean, as you guys asked me to do that, my heart started racing. I felt a little nervous. But I think as you you go through life, you just start to embrace those um, feelings of nervousness. And over time, it it becomes not a barrier. So it's kind of the goal, dude, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, Makes me think about this great TED Talk episode I heard where the uh, lady on there was saying, uh, fake it until you make it and then become it. Yeah. So if uh, you want to aim at something, you know, aim there and you may not know it all at the time, but, you know, you fake it till you make it. Definitely have a knowledge behind it, of course. But uh, 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 eventually you'll become that great um, speaker that you want to be, especially starting yeah. off on this podcast
2: rapping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like there's such a fine line between fake it till you make it and also being authentic, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right, um, right. So, I don't know. I'd be really interested to know what kind of Gene and Jeff's take are on that because they both preach authenticity so much, and I and I totally agree. But then there's also that um, suggestion of, you know, faking it until you make it and how that can be beneficial. So, I think there's, like, a balance between the two. That's a great point and a great question. Man.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times, like, when it comes to things, maybe like public speaking, where you just you have to, like – you have to just go and experience it from so many people and then go do it yourself. So I feel like for me, like when I'm coaching, a lot of the times when you say like fake it till you make it, like I'll go take another coach's class and then the right. next class, I'm very much like whoever's class I just took. Cause I'm, I'm kind of grabbing from them and that might be like a bit of fake it till you make it. I'll just experience it. And then you just kind of like go and take from people and, and certain stuff kind of sticks with you. And then certain stuff just, falls off the par, but, like, as long as you're going out there and, and listen to ET talks, listen to Gary V talks, and just continuously going, there's certain things that just stay with you, and then you kind of become your own version of all those different things out there. Right. And uh, the, uh, the big
1: point that I took from that is uh, definitely having the authenticity, but quite frankly, you know, having the confidence within yourself to just do it, you know, not being afraid to take that next step, and you may not know where that takes you, but definitely having that confidence within yourself to say, you know what, uh, I'm just going to put myself out there and uh, see where it goes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I mean, I think confidence is a huge, like one of the best um, traits that somebody could have. And there's got to be a balance between confidence and humility. Mm-hmm. But um, I think confidence can sometimes really get people much farther than skill alone. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So anyway. Yeah, man, this is this is like getting like a deep introspective podcast
0: like right off the jump. <laughs> yeah. We can do it all. We can have you freestyle and then we can question the
2: meaning of life in the same <laughs> <laughs> And then we can rap about the meaning of life. I mean <laughs> yeah.
0: no,
3: you're up again. You're up again anyway.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious.
3: Man. You want to oh. hit him up. Also give him a chance to be an educator right there, like Physical therapy version 2.0. You want to hit him yeah. with that, Jared?
0: Yeah.
3: What do you What do you think? I'm just what saying. Is, you know, what is what when we when we talk about
0: physical therapy version 2.0, what does that even mean? You know, that's for Aaron.
2: that's for that's for Aaron. That's for anybody listening. Yeah, okay. um Yeah. So I mean, PT 2.0 is what you know. I hear Jeff and uh, people like Mike Eisenhart and Jerry Durham talk a lot about. on social media and things like that. And to me, uh, PT 2.0 is about um, not settling for the status quo and striving to push physical therapy to be the part of the solution for healthcare that um, we can most definitely be, but um, not in the current way that we're being utilized or the current way that probably the majority of the profession is really practicing right now, Um, kind of being honest about um, the good and bad within the profession and trying to elevate the level of care across the board. Um, And in my mind as well, because I'm getting more into the population health realm and um, just the general uh, kind of pivot within healthcare and how we approach it, I think that physical therapy can really be or physical therapy can really play a pivotal role in uh, helping people stay healthy and not only treating people after they get injured. Um, and man, like this really, um, uh, this really came to me when I was on my, out, out in the clinic for the first year, you know, after I graduated. And uh, the fact that so many patients had multiple comorbidities but that's not what they were seeing me so they'd come to me with shoulder pain or back pain or whatever kind of pain complaints they were having but on the intake form so many of them had hypertension or diabetes or high cholesterol or poor sleep or uh, chronic headaches and all these type of chronic diseases that I wasn't getting I wasn't really even expected to address or getting paid to address or um in my opinion like we're they were second thoughts, or not even thoughts at all, but probably more important than the reason they're actually even seeing me. And it's so easy to get um, distracted by the person, why the person came to see you, which is often because of pain, and not even address all those other things that are possibly more important health factors that need to be addressed. Um, but the way healthcare is typically set up, we don't, we don't have a good model for, for addressing those effectively. Um, And so, I think there needs to be kind of a a pivot in healthcare to focus more on those and to help delay their progression and even prevent them from even happening because we know the solution and it's lifestyle management. Um, And it's staring us right in the face, but it's definitely not easy because all the wrong choices with regards to lifestyle are even more in our face on our day-to-day basis because our society is just not generally healthy and damn i'm going on a massive rant right now if you can't tell right but what we want yeah um, that's what we need but uh, i feel like pt can really play a pivotal role in 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 getting into that market and helping healthy people stay healthy and not only treating sickness Um, so that's kind of what i'm most jazzed about lately and people like mike eisenhart and my current boss, Mike Riley Jr. and Jerry Durham, and everybody else out there uh, talking about it, Jeff Moore, and just everybody in the profession um, talking about it, have really inspired me over the past year, and that's kind of where I want my career to go next.
1: Yeah,
2: right. So um, to
1: follow to follow that up and to put you on the hospital a little bit, Dr. Perez, uh, do a Don't call you, me you Dr. Mind. Perez, <laughs> <laughs> do a do a you you mind telling us. Uh, let, let's say if you had a patient with low back pain, or you could put any muscle skeletal injury behind it or any vestibular or so on and so forth. Say if say if you had this patient, what would be your route if you were able to just control the healthcare realm? What would be your route to see this patient get better and not go into a deeper, darker healthcare system that we're currently living in right now?
2: So just to make sure I understand your question. You're saying if a patient comes to me with Low back pain, but also has multiple comorbidities. How do I not? How do I prevent the progression of that and not allowing them to get deeper into the either their disease state or the uh, healthcare system?
1: Um, n- not necessarily. I guess what, what what I'm saying is that there is a patient out there, so who, who has low back pain, and in your healthcare system, what would they do with that low back pain? So would they come see a oh. therapist? Would they go to go see someone like Mike Eisenhardt or some okay. you know, movement specialist, you know, so on and so forth?
2: I got you. Yeah. Um, so I guess that comes to like the, the question of where is the entry point of care correct? Uh, for that person with low back pain? Um, and it's a good question. Uh, I'm not you know, I think physical therapists are skilled enough to um, safely and effectively manage a point of care entry in the healthcare system. And with regards to low back pain, we know that the majority of low back pain are um nonspecific musculoskeletal pain that um are not serious um in nature with regards to like um more um uh not look I can't remember the right I can't think of the right word, but not like life threatening, right? Or, right, right. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, and not life-threatening, and something that can be managed conservatively. And so getting them to that conservative care provider more quickly rather than longer, we know, is also more effective. Research studies have shown that. Um, you know, the earlier we can see somebody in their episode of pain, the more effective we can be in helping them. So, of course, I'm biased because I'm a physical therapist, but if somebody's got low back pain, I think physical therapy is a great place to start. But it doesn't necessarily have to be, and I don't think that'll necessarily be the case um, for some time, but even primary care providers, if we can help educate them in um, triaging those patients and um, uh, using things like maybe the back tool, which I've heard can be really helpful for for, um, uh, deciding where a patient with low back pain maybe needs to go in the system. Um, and really, the patient with low back pain may not need any medical care and they just need some general reassurance and advice that, um, you know, there nothing looks like serious is going on. They don't need an x ray or an MRI. Um, and they, you know, can take some maybe over the counter uh, pain medication in the short term for some minor pain relief, shown some simple um, stretches, but just general advice to keep moving. And I think that will hopefully resolve most of the low back pain out there um it certainly helps me when i get low back pain so um what do you guys what do you guys think who tyler tyler's got some heated opinions on this oh
3: man yeah i've got a lot of heated opinions um uh, you know something something along the lines of of what you got going on i i i can't I can't wait for the day that the public understands that imaging isn't what they thought it was mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. right now. People are just people are just so quick and they get so worried about that kind of stuff. I really think that it, you just, you better have a quick access. I think physical therapists need to be on their game and there needs to be quick access to each and every one of them in the short term. And then and, and just everything kind of like you said and last thing is that movement that you were just talking about Aaron it's just like people really underestimate how much better their back feels just from hey how you doing have you been sleeping okay well let's get you walking again and let's see if it feels better yeah man I agree I think that um,
2: encouraging people to embrace movement is helpful not only for their pain but also for so many health um, uh, indicators that um, that other person, that person may be presenting with. Um, sometimes it's, it's, it's always a tough, it can sometimes be a tough sell though because the sedentary society we live in movement isn't always, um, prioritized or enjoyed by most people, or even sometimes considered important. So telling a person that they need to move more, which they may not have been moving much in the first place. Um, and that'll help their back pain. I don't, (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes yeah. be a tough sell. I'm just trying to be the devil's advocate and give you a hard time, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no. Overall, I totally agree. Um, and the other thing is too a new, unique experience I've had um, during the residency I did after I graduated, and even now, uh, once a week for the my entire career so far, I've had the fortune of uh, spending a few hours with a um, uh, currently a sports medicine physician and prior. Uh, during the residency I was with an orthopedic surgeon just during their office hours and watching them uh, work with patients and I have several examples of when patients come um, to that to that doctor with a, with a pain complaint and This is typically not back pain because they're um, Not spine doctors or not spine surgeons. Um, they're sports med or orthopedic um, usually peripheral joint Pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, even there, people are often demanding an MRI or X ray, like Damn. like it's so um, such like a, a a concern for them, and they really think that that's going to be the thing to to show them. So I totally agree. We need to educate uh, the population on um, you know imaging does not might not tell you what what you think it does and it can be super helpful to rule out um some bad things that we want to make sure you don't have however for non specific musculoskeletal pain it it might not not be um it might not give you that much information as you think it might um but man i like i just i, I have some empathy for the doctors who who deal with those who have to um interact with those patients because as a physical therapist, patients certainly don't come to me expecting or demanding an image because I can't order it. Yeah. Um, and that they seem to know that. However, when they know the doctor can order an image and they're almost expecting that as part of their visit, it's, it's tough sometimes to tell those people no. Um, yeah. There's just another piece of the puzzle that I've gained a, a greater appreciation for, but yeah, man, we, we totally need you to educate the public. So I, I agree with you. What do do you have an opinion on? What's the best way
0: to do that to educate the public? Is it through your magnificent freestyles that you just have to go
2: to every i man. Maybe oh, I need ah, to. I, <laughs> yeah, maybe like maybe a phys- PT physio podcast needs to just come out and just be like freestyles about uh, patient education topics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, I don't. I don't. I don't know what the best. Uh, Solution is I just think we need to do something um, and something's better than nothing. So Whether it's just getting on Facebook um, and Doing Facebook lives or whether it's creating a website um, Or Periscope or just whatever wherever your audience is at in my opinion. I think most of my friends outside of the PT world are on Facebook, so um, I'm starting to focus my efforts there as opposed to talking to my little PT bubble on Twitter Yeah Um, and, and get out more that way and also just getting in person um, you know putting on community events um, it can be super helpful and not only um, is it more intimate setting where you could actually interact with the person more and answer their specific questions but um, it, if you host it at your clinic it brings them to uh, your point of care um, and they can kind of see what kind of cool things you have to offer so um, that can be really helpful and, um, provide them the value of physical therapy while you give them some patient education. So I haven't done that too much in my career. I did it once during residency and had the first time I did it. You guys, I don't think we're in the mentorship group yet, but That's I had, a I I posted a picture of my attempt at a community patient education. I did a talk on, um, Injury prevention for soccer players because it was an area of interest for me. Um, oh. And I marketed to local uh, coaches, high school and college, as well as like athletic trainers and things like that. And had the first session on a weeknight and nobody showed up. So I took a picture of nobody there and posted in the mentorship mastermind group for some encouragement. And uh, that's exactly what I got. So that's awesome, man. <laughs> uh, that was pretty cool. And then the next day, um, I got two people to show up, which was cool. Uh, one of them was my coworkers, but it's all good. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. At least you're out there making the effort, and that's what I think we need to do more as a as a profession. So, yeah,
0: regardless of who shows up. Yeah, man. Before we went on
2: break, you were speaking
1: about um, your different mentors, or you know, sort of kind of your path to where to get to that 2.0. Do um, I want to take a step back and just really highlight some of those mentors? And you know, the buzzword right now is mentorship, right? So, you know, talking about that a little bit, and then with you being such a young clinician and going through residency and going through these different kind of mentorship groups that you're in, can uh, you talk about how those mentors have shaped you early on in your career and where do uh, you see them allowing you to take the next level to potentially, you know, take on a mentee or continue to go down that path that you're on now to clear success, not only in the rap game, but as the a- <laughs> Because
0: mentorship is pretty hip hop, right? It's pretty yeah. it's pretty dope.
1: Right, right. You see, every great MC always talks about sort of kind of the person that molded them and taught them how to rap. So exactly. this would be exactly that apprenticeship that um that, that
0: great segue of combining
1: hip hop would help.
0: I mean you look at you look at Drake, Little Wayne, yeah. you look at Big Sean, Yeezy. Yeah. Yeezy and Yeezy, you know, it's really
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easy and easy yeah yeah.
0: yeah right. Kanye was his mentor to Kanye you know that's yeah, how
2: yeah right right
0: absolutely
2: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> I uh, have no idea who's mentoring the, the Kanye of today but he needs to get a mentor
2: yeah I don't know I think yeah whoever's Kanye's mentor is now has a lot of work to do <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um, I shouldn't say that but uh, no, I mean I miss the old Kanye That's I'm just bitter because I miss the old Kanye mm, uh, me too <laughs> um, no but uh so I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been lucky um, in my career so far. Even in clinicals, all my all my CIs have been pretty awesome um, and really good examples um, for me to um, aspire to be and to embody a little bit. Um, you know, my last my last clinical instructor. Shout out to Brig Woods. I doubt he ever listens. I don't, I don't think he's on a social media or anything like that. At least I'm not, I don't, I can't find him. but um, he's a PT out in Arizona. Uh, but he did a residency uh, from USC, the ortho residency. Um, and so that was my first like residency trained clinician that I had worked with. And I was just amazed at, um, you know, how, not how efficiently he like reasoned with patients, but also just his interaction with patients was incredible um he was such a good people person and made people feel at ease kind of no matter their personality or no matter the situation he could adapt his style to fit them Um, and that was really inspiring and then uh, even in the residency my mentor was, was it was kind of unique because um my main mentor was Of a clinician who was three years out who graduated from the same program I did, who did the same residency I did after he graduated. So very similar path, right? Yeah, yeah. Very odd. Very very, very odd how it all worked out. But um very similar path that we both took on, and just seeing that he was three years out of school when I started the residency. Um and uh, at the level of um you know, clinical expertise, or yeah, the level of clinicianship he was performing at, at only three years out, was pretty inspiring to me. Um, so, overall, I would say the biggest kind of takeaway maybe I've gotten from my mentorship experiences so far just continued inspiration to do better and get better um, and be willing to pass that on when I'm at the point that I feel that I'm able to. Um, just like i've been receiving throughout my career so far um and even the the location i'm at now um, i kind of chose the job that i'm at because of um my direct supervisor and the inspiration that i got from talking to him and just seeing the way that he interacts with people shout out to to mike um is pretty inspiring and so and something that i want to emulate um, you know, I, I'm not sure that I've, tr- when we talk, when we hear like Jeff and Jean talk about mentorship, they had done those Facebook lives in the, in the mentorship group recently. Right. And the kind of mentorship they had, had talked about, I'm not sure I've ever truly experienced that level of mentorship yet. I think it's been more like, I forget the, the levels of mentorship that, um, Jean had mentioned were you referring uh, I, to the highest level of mentorship? Yeah, the highest level of mentorship. Investment? Yeah, I guess it would be investment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I've like truly, um, totally gotten to that point yet with any particular person. However, um, the, the, the different forms of mentorship that I have experienced are still incredibly valuable um, and definitely a, a benefit to doing a residency. Um, but, um there's definitely other reasons to do a residency beyond just mentorship though and uh, I think that that's the number one reason people say they want to do a residency, but I would encourage people to um, think of other think of other reasons because you certainly don't just need a residency for the mentorship um uh, or that's not the only reason to seek one out, and you can get mentorship outside of a residency as well so um, uh the only reason I say that is because I remember when I was first doing the residency, I was on a call with some current DPT students that my program director asked me to join in with some other current residents. And he asked all the current residents, what is the reason you chose to do a residency? And literally, literally all five of us said mentorship. And it just kind of he kind of had like had to stop us, and he's like, All right, guys, I get a mentorship is great, but like give me another reason because <laughs> there's so many other reasons. And it just kind of was like an eye-opener for me, like, you know what I mean? That, uh, mentorship's just becoming too much of a buzzword to me, you know what I mean? Right, and, right. Yeah. you think about other, other reasons for seeking out the position that you're seeking out. Mm-hmm. So,
0: What are some other great, great rush- reasons to choose residency besides that big buzzword?
2: Yeah, so the opportunities you get through a residency are pretty remarkable. Like, I got the opportunity to um, do some teaching, which was an important goal of mine. So, I gave a, um, uh, a one hour lecture, um, to some physical therapists in Pennsylvania at a two day symposium that St. Francis University hosts every year. So, that was pretty unique. Um, then I also, uh, taught, uh, an elective sports class to um, some DPT students with one of my co-residents. And that was a six hour day of, of lecture. I think it was six hours, maybe four. It was pretty fun. It was a lot of work to prepare, but it was interactive and it was a small group setting. So it was a lot of fun, man. I love interacting with PT students and, and I love teaching. So I love those experiences. I mentioned interacting with, um, uh, this, uh, orthopedic surgeon, um, every week for a few hours and seeing how he interacts with patients and the challenges that they have compared to the challenges that we have and how um, effective communication can really elevate patient care uh, between referring providers. Um, And then I think the biggest benefit that I got from my residency experience, and I think it will vary for everyone, but uh, really forming relationships with um, not only the mentors, but the, uh, other people within the residency, so your co-residents, I be, I became pretty good friends with um, one of the co-residents nearest to me ge- geographically because it's a multi-site residency. Mm. There's another kid, same sim, same similar situation to me, just out of school, new grad, um, and <clears throat> going through the residency, um, and we would collaborate a lot and. Um, talk about the things we were learning and work together on weekends to refine techniques. And we went to uh, the sports um, section, annual conference, the sports concept or team concept conference mm-hmm. uh, in Vegas. And I remember we had a red-eye flight home and it was an exhausting trip just because you know, you're at the conference all day and then it's Vegas, so of course you're going out after and there's little sleep. And then you get a red-eye home and literally We had like a three-hour drive from the airport back to where we were living and the whole time We were just like debating shit that we had learned um, during the conference even though we were freaking exhausted Um, And so just like when when you're surrounded by people who are that engaged um, It makes for a really awesome Experience and to start my career that way and to gain a friendship um, with somebody who is um, so motivated and um, just to have somebody in your contact list you can reach out to oh, yeah. um, when you feel you need some help or some encouragement is super, super valuable. So that was probably the number one thing that I feel like I got from my residency. So shout out to Pat. Hopefully he'll listen, but he's, he's not like me where he's super uh, all over social media and stuff. So I'll probably yeah. have to
0: like, you just tell him phone. you dropped a hot 16 and he'll come, he'll come check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So the follow up question I had with,
1: with all of that. So you received, um, the mentorship or, you know, you receive the residency and you gain a vast knowledge of, of skills, you know, clinically, you know, relationship wise, and just adding a trajectory on to your career. Um, do, uh, you believe that residency should be a mandatory situation or should it be, uh, optional and why?
2: I think that that's a good question. That was always something that I would, um, that I was really wondering myself um, when I was coming out of school and I was su- super like um, laser focused on residency and kind of um, not looking at any other options, which I uh, don't think is the right was right was the right move at the time. I got lucky that it worked out. But um, in, in my opinion, the, the way that, uh, you know, the cost of DPT education right now to ask students to. Um, take a hit financially right out of school when they have those loans just starting up isn't realistic for probably a lot of people. Um, and I know some people that are still still doing it regardless because they're just that motivated. And, um, you know, so much props goes out to them. Um, however, it's, it's just not to- a total realistic option for everyone. Um, I would love for residency to eventually become the standard and to become um, uh <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was the word you used? Um, necessary, I guess, or required. Yeah. Required. Uh, because I think it can be super beneficial. Um, but it's certainly not totally necessary for people to become um, a great clinician or to have a fulfilling career. Right. And it's certainly not realistic at this time point. So there needs to be a, some significant changes within the way DPT education is currently um, uh taking place for that to happen. However, you know more about this than I do, Demir, but being a South College DPT student yourself, Mm -hmm. um, South College is kind of paving the way for that to happen. The fact that um, their tuition costs are much reduced and the time they spend in school is reduced, uh, allows, I believe, like the last graduating class, like 80% went on a residency or something like that, I heard John Child say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they're paving the way, man, um, and you know maybe that gives me hope that um, it will become kind of the standard in the future, and hopefully that will totally just elevate the level of care um, throughout the profession, starting kind of from uh, the ground up with new grads, which is which is pretty cool. All right. Absolutely, and uh,
1: I believe if we want to begin to foster a change in. Know, mindset if it should be residency or not then we have to first start at the, the entry point right so we want to all you know we always talk about not wanting to necessarily treat that patient at the end you know but necessarily like get them at the beginning before they go through the healthcare system and the same thing with you know you know to residency or not to residency right uh you know meeting that change is in and saying hey um if we can cut tuition if we can you know lop off a year and stick a residency in there that's completely optional uh then you know why not do it um so yeah mm-hmm. yeah man totally um, i was gonna completely shift gears and ask aaron um about his childhood a little bit uh not going too too deep into it but uh just talk about how whenever you are a child we all had no i, I know for sure i did not want to become a physical therapist it was going to be like superman or some. <laughs> some arbitrary like superhero, right? Transformers or whatever you want to call it. So if you had a chance to choose between your childhood professional career and your career that you have now, what is it and why would, you know, and which one would you choose? I think you guys already know the answer.
0: <laughs> 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 yes we do, yes.
2: Dude, I wanted, to be, I wanted to be a rapper for the longest time, even like in into college years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never launched the motherfucker, I never did much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh but it was always kind of just like a um p pa- I wouldn't say a passion, but um definitely I guess more of a hobby than a passion. But um I was super into it from a young age. Um and you know, I mean hip hop was so um universal, you know, by the time I was growing up that lots of people were into it, but um the area that I grew up in, it wasn't necessarily like um uh it wasn't like everybody was listening to hip-hop and that was the most popular music um, and i'm not sh- exactly sure what drew me to it so much but i just loved it from a, a pretty young age and where did you um, grow up i grew up south side of chicago but it wasn't um uh i mean it was definitely an urban i guess an urban area but it wasn't um in, in the inner city or in a, 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 a place that um where hip-hop was like the predominant influence in the culture you know what i mean yeah um um, but yeah, I grew up in the city of Chicago on the South side, um, Chicago. yeah, Chi town, okay. <laughs> and that's certainly a big hip hop area, but, um, yeah. it's not like all my friends that was like what they were listening to, but that's what I was listening to. And, um, dude, I don't know why, like my parents from, from a young age, they, they would buy me the CDs that, um, I would ask for. And my mom would just be like, uh, dude, if you listen to this, like, don't be going around and like um, repeating the words that you hear or whatever <laughs> I'd be, like, I'd be like oh I just want it for this one song that's all I'm not going to listen to the other stuff um, but I would like convince her not to buy me the edited version of the songs yeah. um, so, so, and it's just like oh, bleeps mom I'm like that's not worth it like you gotta like I need I need the I need the raw version <laughs> I need that advisor. advisor. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, going back, I'm not sure I would buy my own kids some of the CDs that they bought me, but like I love them so much for doing that because it it fostered my my love for it. And dude, I was listening to every song and memorizing every single lyric.
0: <laughs> Who were your what albums? What artists? Artists were your early influences when you first found,
2: fell in love with hip hop. Um. I mean Eminem for sure, who's still probably my favorite rapper. Um, I think the first CD that I got from him was the Marshall Matters LP, and then I went back and got the Slim Shady LP after that. Yeah. Um, but you you could like you can name a song and pick a verse off of either CD, and I probably know it by heart. Um, like so, Eminem for sure. Um, God, and then I mean I know Kanye, but he was a little bit later um, when he was starting to get popular because he was from Chicago, so that was that was yeah. huge um uh there was a time in high school where i was kind of really into joel santana and the whole Dipset crew. <laughs> Dipset bird gang yeah Dude, i'm still i'm still waiting me and my friend joke about it i'm still waiting on born to lose Built to win that album was supposed to come out in like 2008 and it's still never gonna come out <laughs> that was oh. that was a joel's one it was a joel's one it was supposed <laughs> to come out it never did um but even going back like I, I started to go back into hip-hop at a young age and like um some of the people more old school and like young MC. Um, I love his stuff. Uh, and, um, man, I mean like Tupac and Biggie, obviously, um, you know, Nas and it just continue to spawn from there. And lots of people kind of more underground that, um, other people may not have heard of, but,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: but yeah, man. So anyway, this is kind of going on a tangent, but, um, I wanted to be a rapper, uh, for the longest time, and then uh, I luckily chose PT out of high school. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as I got into grad school and got into it more, I started to fall in love with it, and spent a lot less time on two dope boys and all the hip hop blogs, oh. a lot more time on uh, all the PT blogs, and became kind of a nerd. But I still love uh, hip hop and and um, and listen to it frequently. So you can't you can never leave hip hop officially. No. Yeah, no. yeah, man. How about you guys? did you guys have a a something you wanted to do besides
3: PT?
1: I know I always wanted to be a doctor. I just didn't know what kind. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. It 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 wasn't until like my first semester of of college where I decided to to make the the transition and from orthopedic surgeon to physical therapist. And we have a whole different podcast about why I decided to do that. But yep, always wanted to be
0: a doctor. That's awesome, man! Straight out the womb, getting that doctorate.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when, coming, out, and then, coming out the room with the lab coat,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then there were this.
1: Uh, you know, I, I play sports, so you know, every childhood, you know, every every child that plays sports, he wants to become the next, you know, superstar in it. So, you know, whenever I'm five foot four, and yes, I'm saying my height five foot four or five foot five. In tenth grade, I sort of kind of had to start switch, you know picking my options other places. N- not not talk about any
2: means. And that's got, that's yeah.
0: five four straight muscle though. Oh, yeah. Awesome. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, yeah. So like recruiters would say, Hey dude, you get the size, the the, the, the quantitative size, the strength, so on and so forth. But man, you are, you are not growing one bit and all like, that. Yep. So, Hey, this is where I am. So start look towards medicine. You, you can be any high in medicine. That's food. right. Yeah. Well, what <laughs> about cool. you, Jared?
0: Um, I don't know. I kind of bounced around, man. I know like, I. Kinda of, kind of like Aaron, it was like after in in high school you kind of think about well i like I like exercise and I like fitness, I think out this p t this physical therapy route seems to be a close relationship to that, and I'll pursue that but but in the other realm i was i I'm, I'm still besides hip hop i was i I never went like oh i'm I think the rapper career would be would be my path, but i did think i do I do like comedy. Stand-up comedy and other stuff. So in the back of my head, I, I still I still kind of have, have fantasies about being on stage and doing stand-up and
2: doing that's a, awesome. Little improv bit. So yeah. Dude, I can tell just by seeing you on your Facebook Lives and stuff. You're very comfortable in, in front of a camera and I could see you being comfortable on stage and stuff. Um, dude, you gotta check out a video that I just shared on Facebook the other day. I don't know if you saw it. Maybe you've seen it shared elsewhere. But this one, this one dude is uh, going door-to-door selling cleaning product. <laughs> he, yes. Oh, my God. that was know hilarious. He did, but he had me dying. Oh, my God. Was
0: he, he's intentionally trying to be
2: funny or is it just this is natural? Oh, you yeah, didn't see it? I thought, I thought he sounded like you saw it. No, yeah, I didn't he, see it. He's, he's selling, I it. he's selling cleaning product to people, but he's doing it in a way that's very comedic. And he's just, like, on a roll. Um, and the person that he's selling to is just, like, dying laughing. and he's, That's like, awesome. He's like, mm-hmm. most people just buy this shit because they think I'm funny. And I was like, <laughs> 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 dude, and, he's, and I guess he's, he had mentioned in the video that uh, Jamie Foxx got his, got his start going door to door or something like that. I don't know if that's true. Wow. But um, he had mentioned something about that in there. Um, and I was like, dude, this guy's about to blow up. Oh, it's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. He was hilarious. You got to see it. Go to my Facebook page and you'll, uh, you'll see the video on my timeline somewhere. For sure. I will, I will make one comment real
1: quick. Um Nas, uh Ooh. embarrassing moment for me. Uh you know, everyone talks about Nas first album be one of the greatest, right? So I thought the first album, you know, me being as you know, I thought I was as versed as I was in hip hop. I thought the first album was the album that had the Lauren Hill song on it. You talking about Illmatic? That's, yeah Yeah, that's the second one, correct? Uh I'm not sure. You know, it, you know, anyways, so I had a very embarrassing moment like two months ago. Well I was like, yeah, you know, it got, and I'm 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 like listing all the songs off his second album. It was like that's the second album. So I heard the first album and I did not like it at all. I was like, well, what is the hype about this one? This the second album was really, really nice, but first album was
0: I'll get I'll get Aaron to check the facts on this, but it looks like I think Illmatic was released in nineteen ninety four and then It Was Written was released in nineteen ninety
1: six. Yeah. Which yeah. yeah Whichever one <laughs> which has Lauren Hill on it, that's that's my favorite one. The one before, like I guess his first album that everyone touts as great, I just it yeah.
0: Just so if I ruled ruled the world with with Lauryn Hill, that was on. It was written, and that was the second one, right? Y- yeah. That so has you're, to be, so yeah, you're yeah. trashing on Illmatic. Yeah, I'm trashing on Illmatic. You
2: know.
1: What? <laughs> yeah, dude. I didn't I didn't care for that one once I listened. I was like, huh. I didn't find a song on here that I actually care for.
0: But even life is a bitch. Life is a bitch is on here on Illmatic. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm trying to tell you how represent. Them, it ain't hard to tell. <laughs> the Genesis, New York State of, of Mind.
1: None of those songs like even struck a bell, and Come like on. I haven't even heard it before. So, anyways, just to throw that plug in, there, and we can completely get away from that topic right now.
2: But you know, just, we can stay on the hip hop topic. <laughs> I want to bring up something that before we went live, we were talking about rappers and things like that, and how Jared's from Austin. First of all, Jared, are there any dope? austin rappers that i should know about uh first of all i just want to clarify
0: i'm from new orleans so are oh, you from new orleans yeah originally from new orleans and louisiana and that's oh, a whole are you a huge wheezy fan Weezy, <laughs> Weezy. i am a. let us take it back before that i was a huge hot boys fan oh uh, <laughs> and, and and to be and to set the record straight uh you know back in the day hot boys it was all about your boy juvie Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know that. yeah. Uh, and that's why I do we wanted more money <laughs> a duvet uh, uh, you
2: ever hear the rapper d1
0: yeah he he's that the guy that did the uh the loan
2: rap uh no i might be wrong paying back uh, my student loans D <laughs> no 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 d1 is um he's a he's kind of a positive rapper from uh or like positive message rapper right from um from new orleans though but really really talented you should check him out hell yeah Anyway. Yeah, yes anyway, about the the Austin scene. Yeah, Austin um, scene. There's gotta be some.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's popping. Uh there's shout out to the Austin Mike Exchange every Tuesday having freestyle uh performances and, and showcasing local acts. My classmate, uh, fellow classmate in the Flex program, promise Udo, uh you can find him at his uh his rap name, producer name Black Da Vinci. He, he is performing, he is still performing and showcasing his beats all around the Austin area while still going to PT school. So we have, we have labs on the weekend, uh, physical labs, and there was a little story about him. He had a performance late Friday night. like He went on at maybe 1 in the morning on a Friday and then had physical therapy lab starting at 8 a.m. So that's his hustle. Shout Start out. out there, living hip-hop and doing physical therapy at the same time. He's, he's my new favorite P. T. <laughs> yeah, living living the dream for sure. But yeah,
2: Austin's Austin's budding, man. We've got we've got some some cool vibes coming up. That's awesome. And then yeah, I was kind of before I had asked that we were talking about uh, just Texas uh, hip hop scene in general. I think and how Houston just produces the rappers with the best voices of all time. Oh yeah, I don't know what's in the water there, but uh, like Bun B and Zero and C and all them just have like the best rap voices ever. Pimp C and Pow Wow. <laughs> so, so shout out to Houston. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely.
0: H town. I remember like because I uh when Katrina hit, I got I got uh I moved to uh to uh the, around the Houston area with my cousin. And yeah. that's, that's like when Houston was popping, like Air was popping, yeah. Paul Wall, and that that uh and Slim Thugger, Slim Thugger yeah. was coming with that. With that, I, I still mess up the tipping song. And everybody was wow. like tipping all Volvos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and
0: Screwed was huge. Yeah. Mike oh, Jones man. was coming out, and it was just like Who? all these.
2: I, oh, I said Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Jones' Stay Flossin' is still like one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And he Mike Jones like did not have to work as hard on any of his songs because he would just eat a lot of his verses. True. <laughs> hey, it's true. Yeah, it is true. Like, I, like he he did half as much work as any other rapper. <laughs> but um yeah, and it was we, it was so cool to to be in Houston and see that like their scene popping off. Man. That's what's up. So uh, what, what's your favorite style? Like what's if if you want to go by regions where you where you looking at is like, man, that besides Houston is like a good style of flow.
2: Um, I like I like a lot of different styles, I guess. But um, I mean, like the Midwest kind of started that with Bone Thugs and Twists and all that. Started that fast rapping, and I remember you know growing up trying to memorize that stuff and trying to rap it. Um, so I thought the fast stuff was super cool, um, and actually Eminem, if, if if you know a little bit about his history, that's how he kind of started out. He thought rapping fast was like rapping good, right? Uh, and so that's what he tried to emulate, and then he, you know, found his own voice. But, um, but uh, I mean. The Midwest is awesome. You know, Detroit and uh, Chicago have huge hip-hop scenes. Yeah. Um, the West Coast, that laid-back vibe yes. is, is awesome. Uh, and then New York, that kind of more rough and rugged uh, vibe is also dope. But hip-hop is so... Um, everyone's, you know, for the regionally... I feel like there's no real true regional sound much anymore because you can be from anywhere and sound like anyone. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's all good. I'm, I've just always been more into um lyrics and and lyricism and um you know less the beat is kind of an afterthought for me although of course a good beat's always good but uh i like to listen to the words and and memorize it (laughs) yeah man do you have any uh
0: do you have any recorded tracks out there i have
2: no recorded
0: tracks You have no
2: recorded there's no there's no aaron perez mixtape Okay. Oh there's no impress I'll tell you this. I'll I'll share some embarrassing info. Um, well, there there's actually one video, um, a YouTube video promoting PT, which I guess is cool to share, right? But we had a uh, we had a class project in PT school that uh, the assignment was you had to do a one-minute elevator pitch promoting PT, why people should get PT, or what PT is. Um, and of course, I was like, dude, let's make a rap with my partner. Um, Hell yeah. So, so the the scene is like uh, uh, my friend has low back pain. Her butt hurts, right? And um, uh, I'm, I'm asking her if she's been to physical therapy sh- before. She says I don't know what that is. And then we jump to another scene where we got a beatbox playing. This- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just do this like pretty corny rap, but it's still pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> and so it's about a minute long. I think if you search PT. Uh, PT Baby Rap, you might find it. It's over Ice Ice Baby, hence the name PT Baby. Beautiful. Um, so so that's that's a recorded thing, but uh, we'll put when that I in was the show in notes. Th- no. So yeah, <laughs> put that in the show notes exactly. Um, when I was in high school, uh, I was I was serious about I was like semi serious about this PT or rap thing, um, and really wanted to pursue it. So my friend came over. And he's, he's really into music, is still into music, and um, is in a band and, and, and uh, plays, he's toured around the U- US and um, plays a lot of shows in Chicago where he lives. But um, he came over with some recording equipment, and we tried to we tried to record a few songs that I had written to the beats that he was making, and it was so bad. Yeah. It was embarrassing <laughs> and bad. I didn't know how to flow over a beat. I was nervous when I was doing it, and it just sounded so it's, shit. It's hard, <laughs> so, man. So, uh, and that really discouraged me for, more, for a while from continuing to pursue it, though I'd always like still come up with raps and stuff, but I never really went in and like recorded it. I just did it for fun since mm-hmm. that time. But he might still have those horrible, horrible songs somewhere on a very old laptop, but I hope that laptop is broken and <laughs> destroyed and all of that is just gone. All, so. that, all that gold. <laughs> so, like, yeah, dude. 16 bars of fire.
1: 16 bars of fire. Just real quick, Aaron, uh, we've been promoting this this cool new section of the show that I dropped a few episodes ago. Uh, just real quick, do uh, you mind telling us what is your favorite duck? So, you know, of course, the, the podcast is the Duck Legs podcast. So,
2: we want to know what is your favorite duck. Just real quick. Man, I must have not have heard any recent episodes. So I don't remember if <laughs> you guys asked that to people. Nope, 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 not out yet. Those are all unreleased <laughs> episodes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Dude, I'm not a, a duck aficionado. I don't know too many ducks, but uh the first thing that came to my mind—it's probably a bad response—but I don't even know if a pigeon is a duck. But I'm gonna say pigeon because they're not—they're <laughs> not afraid of anything, dude. They're—they're they're always in the city and they don't fucking move for anybody. You can like <laughs> kick them and they don't fucking move. That's so, true. Yeah, we should just, all be got, more like pigeons. <laughs> yeah, dude. They don't—they don't give a fuck. They—they they got no fear. So shout out to pigeons. Yo! Shout out to pigeons, man. Pigeons be doing it, man. Yeah, they'll move that's my them. that's my new mantra: is be more
0: like a pigeon. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah
1: absolutely. absolutely.
0: Hashtag year
2: the pigeons. <laughs> Dude, all uh, right. What's uh? I don't know. When you just started um talking like that, you remind me of this podcast that is completely non PT related that I recently got into. Who's I don't that? know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Daisy. De sus have you heard of that? No, I haven't heard of that. Dude, you gotta look them up. You would love it. It's very like um there's just two dudes from New York who yeah. just talking about like pop culture stuff, but oh, B, they're, they're, like the, they're like the funniest, they're the funniest dudes ever. Um, Jared, I'm i'm Damir too, I'm pretty sure you guys would love it. That's yo, B, that's awesome, son. That sounds cool as shit. That's exactly how they uh, sound <laughs> like offended like every New York listener. Yo, <laughs> B, sign,
0: right. yo, sign. It's cool though. Yeah, cool. yo, B.
2: They the, the best thing is they said on an episode that they recently got an email from some teacher in like a foreign country that um, he's using their podcast to teach <laughs> to teach his students English. That's awesome. So they're learning like, they're learning like the urban slang New York version of English. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, wow. Oh, my God. It makes me so happy that people are doing that. <laughs> you too. You too. Oh, my There's God. Some yeah, foreign Dezus kids somewhere. Deju Samiro. You should check out their podcast. You guys have any, any podcasts that you listen to that are not PT related? Man, I'm huge
0: on Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. That is never heard of it. That's that is a dope podcast. With, I was just, oh, go ahead. I'd say if you know Neil, de, if you like Neil deGrasse Tyson and and sciency stuff with some random comedians that are on there too, sounds good.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I I listen to some Tim Ferris stuff. I love Tim Ferris. Yeah, I listen to some Tim Ferris stuff, and he just, I mean, he 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 brings on people that are just completely just way too smart for for me to even listen to and he just gets some talking and they just go back and forth. But, um, before this episode, you know, sh- shuts us off of zoom, uh, Aaron, we want to give you a chance to allow people to, you know, get in touch, with you, get in touch with you as, as much as they want to. So do a, you mind dropping some Twitter handles some emails or whatever you feel comfortable dropping just so people can get in touch with you and ask a little bit about more about quote unquote mentorship and residency and just your hip hop, you know, bars and if, you where know, I can if, download that mixtape.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Do you mind um, just speaking about that? Yeah, I see I got about a minute left. So um, real quick, you can find um, my Twitter is at Aaron Perez PT and my email is Aaron Perez DPT at gmail.com. You can look me up on Facebook too. Um, those would probably be the best places to reach me. And before this time ends, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Um, you know, I started listening to PT podcasts about a year or so ago and have been like a loyal listener to many of them and always thought it'd be a cool career moment to be relevant or cool enough to get on one. And I was uh, don't feel deserving to be on this one now, but I'm just lucky enough to know you guys in the mentorship group and you guys are cool enough to ask me. So um, I'm humbled to be here and, and, and join you guys on this. And it was a lot of fun. So You're going to be on many more. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, You're going to be all over the podcast scene let's hope so man (laughs) thank you aaron Uh, thank Thank you you. guys have a good one enjoy the weekend you're the best sir we're chilling here on the podcast with the duck legs